occurred to me that this is the last Sunday of the church year, and we heard a story not so much about the triumph of Jesus. I mean, there was the promise at the end, today you'll be with me in paradise. But this wasn't a resurrection story. This was Jesus on the cross. This was the end and the dark moment of the whole gospel. And this is how we end our church here. This promise of a glorious future, but we don't see it yet. We're stuck in the mire of death and crucifixion. And what occurred to me was, this kind of makes sense, that at the end of the church year, we're all told, go and finish the story. Go and live out the resurrection that Jesus promises. Go and spread the gospel that Jesus is. I love being here at church on Sundays before we go, um, because it brings out the best in me. In our worship here, we begin by greeting each other and happy to see each other. And we share our life in Jesus. We praise God. We hear stories about who we are and who God is. And we pray and we forgive each other and we forgive ourselves. And we offer and receive peace. We share our family meal and we take Jesus into ourselves, strengthening our lives. And then we leave reminded to live the good news of the gospel throughout the week. We live having been made whole here together, having come home, and we go off to get to work for the gospel. Coming to church, as we call this, is our, it's our corporate worship. Is It brings out the best in me. And I love it here. I love Sunday mornings. But if we're truly living out Jesus's, living as Jesus' disciple, with Jesus as king, then the rest of my life is going to look like corporate worship here as well. All of my life would be going to church, as we say. Coming here is like coming home, remembering who we are as God's children and Jesus' disciples. Coming here for corporate worship for an hour a week is not our duty, As Christians, it's not the way we prove ourselves to be Jesus' disciples. Coming here for corporate worship for an hour a week is a way of remembering who we are and practicing who we're going to be. We remember who Jesus is and who we are, and we get to be our best selves while we're here so that we can gain strength from one another and learn to be our best selves for the rest of the week. We come to church here so that we can then go to church everywhere. As a quick sidebar, saying that we come here in order to be our best selves, um, we still get to come here with our brokenness. We get to come here as we are. The thief on the cross didn't say, well, hey Jesus, since I'm here with you now, I'm I'm not really a criminal, I'm perfect. (coughs) He said exactly who he was to Jesus. And Jesus said, welcome. Getting to be our best selves when we're here does not mean pretending we're perfect or that we're better than we are. Honesty about ourselves is central to being our best selves. There's no one-upmanship or contest about who's better in the kingdom of Jesus. We come as we are and allow our worship and each other to bring out the best in us. And then we hopefully and prayerfully live out the best within us with compassion and love. In short, we live as Jesus making the gospel incarnate in our lives. Now, I've often heard folks say, I, li- I, like Je- I believe in Jesus, uh, I pray, but I don't really need to go to church to believe in or follow Jesus. And I know what they're trying to say, and I, I, 
typically agree with that idea. Um, they're trying to say that we don't, I don't need to spend an hour a week in corporate worship in order to, be, uh, to believe in Jesus. Um, okay, true enough. But it seems to me that saying, I don't need to go to church to believe in Jesus, misunderstands what going to church is and misunderstands who we are. We are the body of Christ. So going to church really means living intentionally as the body of Christ in all we do. Saying that I don't need to go to church in order to believe in Jesus also misunderstands who we are as people who need community. We were made in God's image, and God is a God of community, three persons in one. There's no such thing as a solo Christian. So to say I don't need to go to church to be a disciple of Jesus, eh, maybe you could do church differently, but you do need to gather with other Christians. Paul wrote in his letter to the Colossians that we just heard that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, and in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile himself to all things. I uh, mentioned this in a sermon a couple months ago that I was having a conversation with a rabbi, a friend of mine back in Houston, and I brought up this passage to ask, you know, who do we believe Jesus is? So I brought up this passage from Colossians, and she said, that's really interesting. We could just about say that about Torah. Torah being the first five books of the Bible, um, the sort of overall story of God's creation and redemption of the world and of Israel, um, the giving of the law and the commandments, all of that. And um, I thought, I'm saying to myself, wow, so you could say that Jesus is Torah incarnate. She said, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, thinking out loud. But that idea of Jesus as Torah incarnate speaks to me of John's understanding, of the gospel writer John's understanding of Jesus as the word of God made flesh. And it speaks to me of this idea of all that we do is going to church, of the sort of totality of what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm one of two people that I know who loves the book of Leviticus, the other being the rabbi I was just talking about. And we were both very surprised and happy to find, hey, someone else is crazy like I am. But we both love Leviticus with the book of the law, of how it gives, it gives all of these different commandments to the people of Israel for their way of life. And... Um, the way she and I both read this is that all of these rules and commandments and laws, 613 of them, are directed, are made to constantly help direct people's lives back to love of God and love of neighbor. Now, some of these things, we're not, well, most of these things we don't do. Um, I'm going to continue eating bacon. Um, I love me some pig. So, oops, breaking one of the laws there. Um, generally, I'm not going to stone anybody for much of anything. Um, but I was struck when I first read Leviticus back in high school at just how much Jewish life was intentionally centered around love of God and love of neighbor. The clothes they wore, there were prescriptions for clothes that you would wear, uh, food that you eat, cleanliness rituals, religious practices, times of rest, times of giving thanks, and all of these had this element of reminding the people about God. Reminding the people about God's redemption of them. Reminding of people of their love for God and love of neighbor to constantly reorient people's lives back to God. So there wasn't religious life at the temple for a little while and then the rest of life. 
all of life, his church. These commandments, though, in the, in the, the way of life, in Leviticus, was part of Torah, the part of the law, the whole thing being the first five books, uh, which is the whole story, as I said, of creation, of God's redemption in creating Israel to be a light to the nations, of God redeeming Israel from slavery in Egypt, of God's constant recreation and forgiveness and reconciliation. So if Jesus is Torah incarnate, then Jesus is the whole story of God's salvation and love for us lived out as a human being. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, as he said. He came to fulfill the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of those commandments that all of our life constantly reorients to God. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's love and redemption and creation and recreation of the world. So following Jesus as the way and the truth and the life, following Jesus as our king, means not only following his way and manner of life, but following the whole story of Jesus as the way. His incarnation, his life and teachings, his forgiveness, his death, his resurrection. We follow all of this when we follow Jesus as the way. We live forgiveness, we live resurrection, we live continual incarnation of God's presence, among us and within us. So back to this idea of we don't need you don't need to come to church to be a disciple of Jesus. True enough. Because you get to live as a disciple of Jesus every hour of the week and of your life, not just one. Being here is helpful so that we can truly live as disciples of Jesus throughout the rest of the week, throughout the rest of our lives. But no, an hour a week does not a disciple of Jesus make. Point taken. But Christianity is not a solitary religion, again, but a relationship. And Christianity, and coming here, is not, again, our duty, but a way that we gain strength from each other. And for those that feel like, oh, I just don't need to be there because I see God in all these other places around the world, we need you here. And we need them here, I guess they're not here. And I think they need us too. Because when it comes down to it, we need each other. And when we're not here or they're not here, we're missing out on a core piece of who we are as people who do gather together for strength and joy and love to tell this story of who we are so that then the rest of the time we can go out and live it. So today I say, go and spread the gospel. And to people who say, and you know some who say, oh, I don't need to go to church, tell them kind of that you agree, but kind of also you don't. It'll come up. It can come up in conversation if you let it. It takes about a half a little click to guide that rudder there. And then you get to, because then you don't just get to talk about, well, you're supposed to come to church on. You get to talk about Jesus. You get to talk about the gospel. You get to find out how it is that they are living out the gospel in other areas and ways and hours of their life, and you get to let them know that's going to church too. Maybe see if you can go to church with them. So then it really is more than one person there, right? Truly is church, the gathering. Invite them to come to church with you. Gain strength from each other. Be the body of Christ so that we can live out the gospel wherever we are, whatever we're doing and be the church in all places.
Amen.